That's, that's all, all folks. folks. And that's all, folks. We're looking at our latest TV binges as a test lab for identifying and examining problematic social interactions. I'm Katie, and I use she and hers as my pronouns. I'm Erin, and my pronouns are she, hers, and hers. I'm Noelle, and my pronouns are she and her. And we are three graduate assistants at the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center, a project under the Great Lakes Equity Assistance Center. Welcome to That's All, folks. So, Katie, how did you find Pose, the show? Well, it started, I don't know if I've told you guys this or not, but um, at our kind of end of the year holiday party a couple years ago, it was maybe a year and a half ago, I guess, um, one of our friends said to me, we were talking about the show Tales from the City, and I said, what's Tales from the City? And one of our friends said, you don't know Tales from the City? I'm about to pull your your queer card. And I was like, ha ah, you know, kind of laughing. But when I went home that night, I said to my partner, like I'd been thinking about it, and I was like, you know, we really should seek out to watch more television shows or, or even movies that... Um, that center like queer voices because you know there's so much I think to learn and know and understand and and I think instead of watching these kind of like fluffy shows that I typically watch that show up on my Netflix you know like uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days or something <laughs> why don't I spend my time watching you know something that 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 I could really benefit from and so and and she was like, yeah, let's not even do that. Let's watch like let's try and find more perspectives uh, from you know other historically marginalized groups. And so I think we started with um, you know Tales of the City, and from Tales of the City that prompted you know Netflix to to pop up Pose, and of course it was an Emmy award winning show too. So we watched Pose, which was really um, I mean it was just an eye opening show, and it's it's one of the reasons that I wanted to bring it to you guys. I remember finding Pose because it came up in my Netflix, I guess, algorithm. And I binge watched all two seasons and it was incredible. But um, I don't know, where do we go from here? Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, it really made me think. I, I definitely think it's one of the first TV shows that's, that's made me think is, is shown my ignorance has humbled me like all at the same time. And why? You know, I think now I know why more so than I did in the moment, but I think why is because when we had this conversation the other day with Tiffany and she was asking if we had seen Paris is burning and I'd already seen, you know, obviously seen and loved pose and I hadn't heard of the documentary Paris is burning, nor had I seen it. So I looked it up and I watched it and you know, it's, it's, it's the real pose. Yeah. And that's where I started to be like, oh, so I like the sensationalized, the glamorized Hollywood version of pose because they still, um, you know, made it, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, where you can easily kind of, um, you know, just more manageable to watch. Yeah. Not so real. Yeah. And Paris is Burning was just so real. So I guess we should back up and say that we wanted to talk about Pose because at least Katie and I had seen it previously and then um, we shared it with Aaron and we were really excited about it because we learned so much from watching it. But then 
we really started talking about it for this podcast episode, and we came to the conclusion that we couldn't play the scene for this episode, and we couldn't talk about it in the way we intended to talk about it. So we played a clip from Pose. We recorded two different episodes, and in both episodes, we gravitated as a group towards talking about how schools other anybody that doesn't belong to the dominant norm however we primarily talked about the microaggressions that in the scene that we were watching the microaggressions that the individuals were experiencing based on race and we stuck to the conversation about race and didn't talk at all about the trans community yeah and so and what does that mean to be um you know, like, we're three individuals, like, Katie, like, Katie identifies as part of the LGBTQ community, but none of us are trans. Right. And so, I, and it made me think a lot about, like, well, why was I, as a white person, why was I able to talk about race, but not able to talk about the trans community? And I think because even as a white person, as a white person who's chosen to work in, in spaces that are racially diverse, I've always had to think about my race. So it is, like... I have interest in thinking about my race, but I'm not a member of the LGBTQ community. But I, I just noticed like, oh, it is easier for me to talk about race, but I just totally skipped the conversation about the trans community, which is being centered in the show. And now I'm like silencing it again. I definitely felt I think that it's because it's just easier. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I think it's just because it's easier for us to talk about things that we do know and to avoid things that we don't know very much about. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, it's, I think it's important to share that this is, this, is, this is an awkward episode for us. Yeah. Because we, we recorded it once, listened to it, and we were like, no, that's not it. We recorded it again, thought we had it, but then we listened to the insecure episode back to back with Pose and we were like, wait, we talk about the same thing across two episodes and we don't talk about the trans community at all. Which is what the whole Pose. show is about. <laughs> yeah, and then we, we said that to our center directors and one of them made a face like, what? How do you miss talking about the trans community? And then that's what the other center director was like, well, you all can't even talk about this until you read this. You listen to this, you watch this, right? and then you need to make sure everybody on there has watched the whole season of the show before you even think about talking about it. And that just connected to me as a teacher because I think about all of the time we hear all the time like to be culturally responsive in our curriculum and bring like bring pieces of work that center different perspectives and lived experiences so that our students can see themselves in the work. But if I am not a member of those communities, what is the background work I need to do in order to, in order to be prepared to talk about those things or prepared to not silence my students when they want to talk about those things, especially in a way that's not performative. The background information, like what you said, Erin, I think is really, really key to this whole thing because you know, after our directors told us, you know, just mentioned some things to read and look at, you know, I realized that I I think my intentions were to understand and and empathize with the trans community's lived experiences, Mm -hmm. 
but even though I had good intentions, I, I needed to recognize that, you know, this wasn't my story to, to tell. Right. And I think that in the same aspect you talked about teachers, like we need to do the background knowledge. We need to, you know, for, for example, I think I've had trans students before and did I seek to understand what pronouns were used or binary and non-binary? No, I didn't. Yeah. And that, you know, now that I know better, you know, I'm embarrassed, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm embarrassed, but I know that I want to do better. Like this, this process of talking about pose has brought up a lot of discomfort for me in the best possible way. Like I felt really in my like core, like in my, I could feel it in my body. Like I felt uncomfortable the past few days because it surfaced for me as somebody who is trying to be equity centered, just how much work I still need to do. And if I'm going to go about talking about something, even if it's in a five to 10 minute, like kind of fun, but educational podcast, like I need to do the work before entering that space so that I'm not causing harm. So I say our key takeaways so far are one, like seek to understand and empathize, build your critical consciousness as a teacher so that you can better be prepared to help encourage your students. And with critical consciousness is the importance of acknowledging and understanding when you're wrong, which is so hard. Obviously, all three of us Mm -hmm. have gone through that in this process. I also just, I just want to add the curriculum piece too. Like it is important to bring in a variety of different perspectives into the classroom, especially at the intersections of all of these identities that have been historically silenced and marginalized. However, you have to do the back work, which is the the back work of of learning and being prepared to let the conversation go where it's going to go with the students and be, be willing to say in front of your students I don't, I don't know. And I might say things that, that are, are, are wrong or that I'm going to regret later, but I want to, I want to, I want to be here to have this conversation with you. That's definitely key. (laughs) Okay. All right. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Since this podcast were developed under a grant from the U.S. Department of Education, grant S004D110021. However, the content does not necessarily represent the policy of the Department of Education, and endorsement by the federal government should not be assumed. This podcast and its contents are provided to educators, local and state education agencies, and or non-commercial entities for use for educational training purposes only. No part of this podcast may be reproduced or utilized in any form or by any means, electronic or mechanical, including recording, or by any information storage and retrieval system, without permission in writing from the Great Lakes Equity Center.